Hey Harvest, happy Easter. I hope you're doing well. And I just wanna say right off the bat, man, I really wish that we could all be together celebrating Easter together in church and um, just miss doing the Easter cheer together and worshiping with you and spending time with you. Really miss seeing all of your faces in person. And I think there's this temptation even this morning to allow fear and sadness and uh, mourning to kind of win the day. And it's easy to be mourning what we're not having together and the fact that we can't be together and that we're still home and that there's this isolation that we're living in right now. But I want you to know, um, today, sadness and mourning do not get to win. And today is about celebrating the reality that Jesus is alive that the cornerstone of our faith is based on the reality that Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated sin and death and is alive and is reigning and is with you and me, even as I'm talking to you into a camera and even as you're sitting in your living room watching this, that we are united with Jesus and... um if you were here uh, or watching on Friday, Pastor Ryan did such a great job answering the one question, why did Jesus Christ have to die on a cross? And he kind of worked through the reality of that and why that needed to happen and how that looked like. And today we're gonna answer another simple question and it's this, what are the implications of the reality that Jesus is alive today? I think we know that Jesus is alive, we believe that, but oftentimes we can kind of gloss over what that means for us today, and it's so rich and so beautiful and so important. And really, today, more than ever, we're living in a world of implications, aren't we? Like, we're thinking through the implications of the coronavirus, and what does this mean for our hospitals? What does this mean for the frontline workers? What are the implications on our healthcare system? System? What are the implications on our economy? What are the implications on our family? What are the implications of running out of toilet paper, right? Those aren't great implications, but we're constantly thinking through what are the implications of the realities we're facing today? And Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, he writes on the implications of what it would have meant if Jesus had not risen from the dead. And I'm gonna read that right now. It's in 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 14. Here's what it says. It says, and if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And look at verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. And then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we have all people most to be pitied. Okay, here's what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, the implications if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, our preaching is worthless, our faith is worthless, the loved ones that we have lost, we are not going to see again. And really out of everyone in the world, we are to be most pitied because we're placing our hope in an eternity that's not real if Christ isn't alive. Like everything about Christianity rests on this one thought, this one reality, is Jesus alive? But then Paul continues on in verse 20, and he says this, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection from the dead. For as in, in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. And he's saying, listen, 
Christ is alive. And later on, he says, listen, I've seen him and he appeared to 500 people and he showed himself to the disciples. Like this is historically accurate that Jesus is alive. So what we're gonna do right now is I just wanna quickly go through with you five implications that Jesus' resurrection has for us today. Here's the first implication, it's simple. The fact that Jesus is alive means that he is the son of God that Jesus is God. The thing that separates Christianity from every other religion is that Christianity is not about man working himself up to God to being good enough or smart enough or enlightened enough, but Christianity's foundation is in the reality that God became man. And listen, throughout all of world history, there has been nobody who's been able to resurrect themselves from the dead other than Jesus Christ. And that's because he was not just a man like you and I are, but he was both fully man and fully God. Only God has the power over death and sin. And in Jesus raising himself up from the dead, he was triumphantly proclaiming that he is God. You know, the reason that Jesus was put to death on a cross is because he claimed to be the son of God. He said, I and my father are one. Over and over in his ministry, he pointed to himself, even in the triumphal entry as he entered on a donkey as the Messiah, he was proclaiming this message that I am God. And the fact that he raised from the dead, he is validating his claim that he is the Messiah Every other religious leader, whether it be Buddha or, or, or Muhammad or leader of other religions or even cults, you can go to their place of burial. It came to a point where they died and that was the end of their life story. With Jesus, the tomb is empty because death did not defeat Jesus because he is God and he had the final victory. And if he's God, that means he is Lord and he is reigning and he is truly King of Kings. The second implication that the resurrection of Jesus Christ has on us is that it, because Jesus is alive, that means that God's word is reliable and trustworthy. And here's what you need to understand, that the Bible, it's a collection of stories that all compiles together to tell one large and great story, and that is the story of Jesus Christ. The story of the Bible is how God created man, set him in a garden to love and have a relationship with. And when man turned from God, God set into motion a redemptive story focused on the Messiah. That in the Bible, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of prophecies in the Old Testament about who Jesus was, where he would be born, what his life would be like, um, that he would have to flee and, and, and leave Egypt and what his ministry would look like and how he would die and how the people would treat him. Very, very specific prophecies. And the fact that Jesus fulfilled every one of those prophecies, that he died on the cross, rose from the dead, it validates the entire message of the Bible. If Jesus hadn't raised from the dead, then the story of the Messiah would have been false and the whole thing's credibility would have fallen apart, but that didn't happen. Jesus rose from the dead, giving credibility to the Bible. And here's why that's important for you and me, because the Bible claims to be the very word of God. And so what that means is, is when I need help and when I need wisdom and when I need encouragement, when I go to the Bible, which claims to be the very wisdom and insight from God, I can come knowing it's true, that it's my ultimate source of wisdom and, and truth and help because it is proven to be true throughout history, foundationally in the resurrection of Jesus. The other reason why that is so important 
is because that means every promise that God has made to me in Scripture, that he will never leave or forsake me, that I am in his hands, that I am written in the book of life, that my salvation is secure— all of those I can rely on and I know are trustworthy because God's word has stood the test of time and it has been fully and completely true all the way through. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah, the King of Kings, the one that the whole Bible centers around, everything that it said would happen came to pass. Jesus being alive authenticates the Bible as the word of God, which changes everything in how I view God's word as my ultimate source of wisdom and hope and truth. The third implication and probably the most important one for you and me is this. Because Jesus is alive, that means that you and I are saved that when Jesus rose from the dead, he was claiming victory over the power of sin and death, that he defeated sin and death and Satan once and for all the moment he stepped out of that grave. And here's what that means. That means that the power of sin in my life has been completely paid for by Jesus Christ, that there's not a sin I've ever committed or could ever commit that, that, that would separate me from what Jesus paid for on the cross. It is finished, it is done, it is complete. My identity is now completely and forever tied into Christ's righteousness, not my failure. That means I never have to carry the weight and burden of cleaning myself up enough or or, or doing good enough deeds or, or earning my salvation. But the reason I live to glorify God is not to earn anything or prove anything. It's out of love of what Jesus accomplished for me in his goodness. At the very heart of Christianity, it is a um, relationship built on love, not a religion built on earning or, or duty or, or trying to clean ourselves up. Jesus is victorious. It is sealed. There is nothing that can undo the resurrection. There is nothing that can undo the power of Jesus over sin and death. And even though we live in a world where death is still a reality— We can even approach that with hope, knowing that that's not the end of the story, that that it doesn't get the final word, but that the Bible says that just like Jesus has been risen from the dead, that we are raised with Christ. That when we breathe our last breath here on this earth, it is only the beginning, the first moments of us entering into eternity. The reality that Jesus is alive means that you and I are saved from our sins. It is the hope of the gospel. It is the hope of our lives, and it is the hope of the world. And the fact that Jesus is alive means that that hope is real. It can't be taken away. It can't be removed, and it is what we build our lives on even today. The fourth implication of the reality of Jesus' resurrection is this, is that you are loved. And that's something that we say around Harvest a lot, that you are loved. And obviously, your pastors and your staff and your small group and the people in your life at church, they love you. But what we want that to ultimately point to is the fact that you and I are loved by God and that has been made possible. Our relationship with God has been made possible through Jesus Christ. You know, in the Bible, it says that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, that not um, trials or tribulations or life or death or angels or demons or principalities or powers, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So I thought I'd maybe um, update that to a 2020 version of what that means. And that means that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, not social distancing, 
not the coronavirus, um, not stay-at-home orders, not governors or or, um, regulations by our president. Listen, no matter what we're facing as a country and as a world right now, the reality remains that we are as loved and, and as sealed in Christ's love today as we were a year ago. That Christ's love for us has not changed and and that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ because Christ is alive and he's reigning and he's in control of everything and nothing has the power to take that away. And I know for so many of us right now, we think about all of the things that have been taken away. School, um, a lot of us, you know, some of you are having to postpone important dates, marriages and birthdays and celebrations. And it's like, man, this virus is taking so many things away. But what I want you to know is that right now, as you watch this, you are loved by the God of the universe, that you are his, that you've been adopted into his family, that, that his promises for you are based in love, that he's near to you when your heart is broken, that he's accessible, that he's available, that he was your good shepherd who's going to lead you if you'll follow him to peace and, and to hope and to life and, and into all things um, that would just make your heart full and, and full of peace that his promises for you are not to forsake you, that he's not um, missing this, that he's not um, being neglectful with his responsibilities, but he is present with you. He's your very present help in time of need, and he's given you his Holy Spirit to live with you day in and day out, moment in, moment out. There's not a single second that we are separated from God's love because Jesus is alive that we can say with full assurance that we are loved because that love rests on Jesus Christ, not ourselves. And then here's the fifth implication, and this one I love, it's this, it's that you and I, our best days are ahead of us. And I'm not talking about in the short term, I'm not talking about being able to gather together or worship together or to continue life as normal. I'm talking about eternity, I'm talking about long-term, that our best days are ahead of us, that when we are gathered together in heaven in 200,000 years from now, we're gonna look back on this moment and be like, wow, wasn't that wild? But I hardly even remember it. It's a vapor, it's a mist, and compared to the glory that I'm in right now, it doesn't even like trigger a memory. You know, it's interesting in the book of Revelation, John is said he's brought up into heaven And he's given this impossible task where Jesus is like, hey, write down everything you see. And John's like, how am I supposed to do that? And he even says like, this doesn't do it justice, but I'm gonna do the best I can. And he starts using pictures and analogies and he talks of streets of gold and diamonds and pearls and no more tears and, and joy and a city coming down out of heaven and a new heaven and a new earth where everything is dramatically different from what you and I experience today. And, you know, the nice thing about what we're going through is this, we don't have to convince anyone right now that our world is broken, do we? And every day we can turn on the news and hear more reports and more deaths and more sicknesses. And maybe now more than ever, we need to set our hearts hope that, listen, we're just on a journey and we're just passing through, but that our citizenship is in heaven And what that means is there's a day coming that won't be marked by sickness or fear or death or disease, but that the reality for us, because Jesus is alive, which means all of the promises of God's word are true, Jesus talked about heaven a ton. 
And he said that we should trade everything we have here on this earth for one moment and one day in heaven because it's so much greater and so much better that, listen, everything in our life that's good, the relationships, the joy, the laughter, the celebration, the parties, that all of that is a shadow of the things that are to come for us, but that the substance of it is found in Jesus Christ, that one day our hearts will truly be fulfilled that one day um, we won't need to be searching for the next thing to bring us joy and fulfillment, but that will be perfectly found in Jesus Christ's relationship with him that's perfect, free from our sin, and perfect relationships with one another, and a perfect relationship with creation, with a new heaven and a new earth like the garden where everything is made right. Okay, so what does this mean for us right now? Well, here would be my encouragement to you, church, in light of the reality that Jesus is alive, um, can we make today a day of celebration? Tomorrow's fears and concerns, they're gonna be there for us to deal with tomorrow. Um, But today, let's choose in our hearts to be, hey, today is gonna be an attitude of joy and love and celebration because we are remembering the most important day of our calendar, and it's that Jesus is alive. He defeated sin and death, and because of that, we know for certain that he is God, We know for certain that God's word is trustworthy and reliable. We know for certain that we are saved. We know that we are loved. And we know that our best days now and forever are ahead of us. That's the reality that you and I live in. That's the faith that we uphold. That's the creed that we align our lives to. So let's celebrate with family. Let's have fun. Let's enjoy just the fact that we have God, that we have relationship with him, and let's not let today be marked by sadness or mourning, but let's celebrate in the fact that Jesus is alive and that truly changes everything. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you face-to-face and give you all a hug. You are loved.